you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? All right. Well, hey, I just want to thank those uh, three young uh, men for leading us into God's presence this morning. Um, They've been long term. um, They grew up in this church and they also have a band called Poly Drive and uh, great band. Go check them out. Um, Great music. But they've got that same vibe, which is just this kind of mellow. But what I love about those guys is they realize that uh, here, here they are back there. I can talk to you guys. What I love about you guys is that you put Jesus first in your life and know that out of his giftedness to you, you get to express music in other venues as well. So Thank you guys for so much for leading us again into God's presence this morning. Well, how many people have been uh, journaling with us? Maybe not every day, but just kind of stick up your hand. You've been journaling through uh, God's word together. So if you don't haven't gotten one of these journals yet, they're out at the info hub. And it gives us an opportunity to, to read God's word together collectively. And, um, and we can kind of track together a little bit. Uh, don't worry about the sound. It's going to get dialed in here in a few moments. Um, but so today I'm going to be talking about really going from pain to purpose. How many people have experienced pain in their life? All right. I, I would. Is there anybody who has not experienced pain? Right. It's, it's common. It's common. Now, the interesting thing is nobody likes pain, but I have to say that pain is one of the things that probably does the best work in our life. God uses some of the hardest things to produce some of the greatest work. But it only is if we allow it, and that's the caveat. Pain only has significant worth if we allow God to use it to shape us and mold us. Today, I'm going to be talking about that a little bit. If you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 64 in your Bibles, we would be journaling through that um, on Wednesday, this section, if you jumped in the Old Testament at all. Isaiah 64, we're going to start on verse 8. I'll give you a few moments to get there. But this scripture, by the way, Isaiah was a prophet about 800 years um, before Jesus came um, to earth. And he prophesied, he told of how Jesus was going to come. And I I love Isaiah for for any of the Old Testament prophet books, the writings of Old Testament prophets. I love Isaiah so much of amazing things in there. But on Isaiah 64, verse 8, it says this. But now, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. For we are all the work of your hand. Now, that verse, I love it because it kind of says a bunch of different things to us. One is, he's our Lord, which means he's the master of our life. But he's also our father, which this is the familial relationship. He, he thinks so fondly of us. Remember Old Testament, even though it's written in Old Testament, we can relate to us because what the Old Testament prophet Isaiah is saying to us is he's talking about the nature and quality of God as it relates to us, his creation, human beings. Oh, Lord, you are a father. But then here we go. We're, we're defining the relationship by saying we are the clay. 
and he's the potter. Well, my, my son, has, uh, he's, he's very creative, and, um, it, you know, he loves to ask, what should I do with my time? You know, anybody in the summer who has kids, they're like, come on, give me some ideas of what I could do, and I just said, go outside and play, right? <laughs> well, he found he wanted to um, make something out of clay. Dad, where can I find clay? I, I just like, I don't know, but we have a pond out back, and if there's pond out back, that probably means the water is being held by something I and I thought well if it's not right then he's just gonna go play in the pond for a while but if it is right maybe I'll be on to something I said go into the pond dig down deep and find some clay and I didn't know for sure I've never been in that pond actually and so sure enough he went in the pond and dug down amongst all the muck and mire and he found some clay showed it to me. He goes, Dad, I, this clay's no good. It has um, twigs and branches and grass clippings in it. And then he, I don't know if he YouTubed it or I probably did. He determined that how he was going to purify this clay. So he broke it into small bunch of little pieces and put it out in the sun to dry. And it dried in a matter of probably 45 minutes. And then he took it and uh, he crushed it all down. And then he put it through a sifter. And then he could pick out all the debris that was in it, the impurities that were in it. And then he gently started adding water to it and he became the potter amongst this clay. So I brought you his little creation here today. I thought it was just a great illustration. So he wasn't able to do this until he got out all the impurities. But he made a little rhinoceros here. I don't know if you could see that on if a camera can zoom. Maybe this camera over here can zoom in on this. Here we go. Turn it the right way. There we go. A little rhinoceros. So, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun project, and it killed a lot of time, which I loved. <laughs> um, but, but, I, but it made me reflect sometimes. That whole process to get us to the place where we could be molded or he could mold something. But I, I think about it in our own life. God says we are the clay and he wants to be the potter. But in many ways, it is the pain in life that seems to grind us a little bit. It's the challenges in life that seem to grind us a little bit that then our lives get sifted. And sometimes it's actually by the, by the devil himself. Sometimes it's just by life. But when we get sifted, then all of a sudden we find that we become a little bit more usable, a little bit more pliable, that the Lord can then say, I can mold you and shape you into the very creation I've designed you to be. I love this verse um, in, in Luke chapter 22. These are Jesus' words, and Jesus foretells about Peter's denial. Remember, Peter denies knowing Jesus three times as he's going to the cross. And this is what he, uh, Jesus says, Simon Peter, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed that you 
I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Interesting. That scripture is so interesting. Jesus did not say that he was going to stop the enemy from sifting him. Instead, he said, I'm praying for your faith to increase. Why is that so important? Because I think when people come to Christ, they think, oh, life is just then all of a sudden going to turn rosy and not realizing that actually that's your journey, the beginning of your journey to be sifted. To God, for him to start to mold us and shape us and take the impurities out of our life. And so we can be clay that, that has all that debris taken out that we can be these vessels containing the Holy Spirit that God can shape and mold and use. The other interesting thing is he says, for what the purpose? And remember, I titled this a pain to purpose. And at this point in time, he says, I'm going to sift you like wheat. But when it's all said and done, you're going to return to your brothers. And interestingly enough, isn't it? Peter was the one that Jesus chose to start his church with. But it was only after the sifting. It was only after his battle with his flesh. And I have to say, I want to, this is an encouraging message because I want you to view your pain, your challenges, and your difficulty in life or it's actually a gift for you. Because without that challenge, you are not going to allow those impurities, those imperfections, uh, those things to be worked out of your life. And the reality is, is the greatest joy that we will find is when God says, I'm going to shape you and mold you. And we say, here I am. Use me. And the interesting thing we were journaling, um, I journal, by the way, anybody can join us. We have a journaling group at 6.30 a.m. at Einstein's in Concord. And, and Paul, who's in our journaling group, was, was actually journaled on this scripture. And he says, you know, I'm just starting to get it. He goes, for my whole life, I've known about God, but I felt like I'm a chunk of clay sitting on a shelf still in his package. I kind of realized, okay, my relationship, but I, I, I was just okay being clay, not touched by God or not being able to put myself on the potter's wheel. And then when I realized, Paul says, you know what, I, my, my greatest contribution for God and the greatest feeling of purpose is when I actually choose to put myself on the potter's wheel and allow him to shape me and mold me. Second, Second Corinthians chapter four says uh, says this. Second Corinthians chapter four, seven through eighteen. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Interestingly enough, again, we're talking about clay here. So the, the author of this is Paul, the Apostle Paul. And he says that we are containers, but we're made of clay. And that what we contain is the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. The very person that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of us. It's, it's so miraculous to know the power that dwells inside of us. But he wants us to realize that it's not in our power that we get a choice to put ourselves on the potter's wheel and say, here I am. It's not my might, not my power, but it's your might and your power working through me. 
As human beings, we love to be in control of our own destiny. We love to make our own way. I know for me, over the last five years, I have continually learned how to become less so God can become more. And I say the five years because there's been a lot of pain in all the transitions in church life over the last five years. And, but it's the very thing that I've come to love and appreciate most is that God can work all things together for good Amen. to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Let me finish reading 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our bodies. What that means is this, that we have to learn to continue to die to our own desires, die to our own fleshly wants, and our death is so much reflected to the death of Jesus. Remember Jesus, before he went to the cross, he said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. But if, it's you, if you can, take this cup from me. In other words, he had a desire. He didn't want to go to the cross. Well, I should say, he, he knew it was necessary to bring us to, to closeness to the Father in heaven. But he said, God, if there's another way, I'd be okay with it. But many times he then said, no, here am I. I choose to put myself on the potter's wheel because it's not about my own desires. It's about the purpose of God working through my life. Continue on. Verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that the grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Again, this is the purpose. The purpose of us being willing to be a vessel, a jar of clay, knowing that when we do, we're going to face difficulties, persecution, affliction, challenges, right? It's going to be difficult. But if we posture ourselves as, I'm willing to die so Christ may dwell inside of me more richly, then the purpose starts to come about to say, guess what? Our lives are not for ourselves. Our lives are really for others who don't know Jesus. Because that's what Jesus did for us. He was willing to go to that extent of allowing his body, his flesh to die, so that the Spirit of God would raise him back up to life, and that is the exact same thing that can happen to us. We might not necessarily go to a cross, but in many times, life feels like we just got nailed to a cross. But we have to choose to say, I will die so the Spirit of Christ may dwell richly in us. By the way, when I say I will die, that is, that's, that's a metaphor. I'm not saying you actually will physically die. We all will at some point, but, but I'm saying in our spirit, our flesh begins to let our flesh get weak so the spirit comes stronger in us, God's spirit. 
says, says this in verse um, 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer, outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. That's good news. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Okay, I want you to look at this scale for a moment. He, my hands are a scale. Your temporary body in comparison to eternity is like this. And yet so much of our life we want to make this person lead our own way and we live for the temporary and then we realize our eternity is being affected so dramatically by our focus on the temporary. But Jesus is saying, let your outer man continue to die so your inner man comes alive, or woman, sorry, person. And so what is unseen is actually eternal, but what is seen is temporal. So important because we focus so much on here and now and what we see, touch, feel, what's in our bank account, what we drive, what we're living. It's important, but not comparatively to our eternity. It says, as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. In other words, they come and go. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Are eternal. Well, this brings me into an act of obedience. Okay, so if we say that He is our Lord, our Father, we are the clay, He's our potter, that means we submit our life to Him. And so when He asks something of us, we get to say, Here am I, Lord, I'm going to respond in obedience to you. One of the first acts of obedience that God calls a new believer to, and maybe you've been a believer for a while or a long while, and you haven't done this, I, I want to make a case to say that one of the first acts as a new believer is water baptism. And I'll tell you why. Because baptism helps us make the inner decision sure. Baptism doesn't save us, but it basically says it seals us. To say that, by the way, I've made a decision, and decisions sometimes can be easy. I feel, this, I feel the draw, I feel this, this, I want to give my life to Jesus. And we make a decision, but then we become a, this closet Christian. One foot in the world, one foot following Jesus, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm not sure, and when life is going really well, then I'm kind of living for me, but when life goes bad, I, oh, I better scurry back to God. <laughs> He's the one to save me. But the reality, what baptism does, it says, no, 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 no. I'm putting the right priorities. I'm now living for Christ. And what the symbol of baptism is, I love it. And this is why we baptize through immersion. By the way, baptism is baptismo, which really means to immerse. And here at Grace Capital Church, if you've never seen one of our baptisms, we have like this look like a big hot tub and it's kind of deep. We can um, baptize you, bring you underwater, come back. And what it symbolizes is we're relating to Jesus. We just read about that, right? We're relating to Jesus in his death and saying he's willing to die to his own desires 
and comes up and saying, I no longer am living for myself. I'm living for another. I'm living for our Father in heaven, living for God. Yes. And so that's why when, when Philip sees this Ethiopian um, eunuch and, and he's trying to understand what it means to be saved and he brings him to Christ, he says, immediately, they said, like, where's a body of water? Well, I got to baptize him. got another verse here in Acts chapter 2 verse 38 now Acts remember this is the the Acts of the beginning of the church after Jesus has been died resurrected ascended into heaven the church is starting to get formed now Acts chapter 2 verse 38 says this And this, again, is Peter. Remember Peter who denied Jesus, who learned how, how to overcome his flesh, allow the Spirit of God. Now he's the one, he says, Jesus, upon this rock I will build my church. Peter establishes the church, and Peter's having this conversation in Acts. It says in verse 37, Now they heard this. They were cut into the heart and said to Peter, meaning heard the testimony of what, who Jesus is. And Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far, far off, everyone everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Here's when we come into the place of coming close to God, the first act of obedience, and really it is learning to die to your flesh, is this, I'm willing to get in front of people and say, I'm going to get wet and show the world that I'm putting my old self. Now, does the struggle still there? Does our, do we struggle with our flesh? Of course we do. Yes. But you're sealing, you're making, a, you're making a declaration to say that my inner decision... I'm making it external so when I struggle or when I fail, we have a community that's saying, I'm with you, let's get back up, let's conquer the flesh, let's choose to put ourselves back on the potter's wheel. In 1 Peter chapter 3, you don't need to turn there, verse 21 though, Peter then writes about the importance and he says baptism saves you. Now we know it doesn't, he, he says it, but I, I, I love how he links them so close together. Because he says, if it's just a decision, it's so easy to walk away from a decision. It's a lot harder when you say, when you publicly profess in front of others to say, you know what? The old man, I'm choosing to allow the old man to die. The old woman to die. The old person to die. I'm choosing to show the world that symbolically I'm going under the waters and I'm coming up as a new creation. And honestly, that act, even though it's a one-time water baptism by immersion, that's exactly what we have to do every day after that, is choosing to say, I'm dying to myself today. I'm choosing to say, you know what, Lord? Shape me, mold me. You created me for a purpose, and I can only know that purpose if I allow myself to have you work those impurities out of my life. 
whether it's the, it's the Satan who does it, whether it's just the, my own sin that does it. By the way, when you sin, it will always cause pain. Always. Don't think you're going to somehow get out of it. It will always cause pain. But the beautiful thing about it is, with repentance, God can take that pain and he can turn it into something so beautiful. And so many times we emerge on the backside of pain, changed people. But the change that happens is that we become more submitted to the work of God in our life. We choose to say, here I am, Lord. I am a little bit more refined clay for you to mold and shape. Here I am, Lord. You are the potter. I am the clay. I just want to be a vessel containing the Holy Spirit that can be used to bring more people to you, to see your light in this dark and ever-increasing dark world. And if you take a moment this week, pray for those families who have once again lost loved ones through shootings that have taken place in our world. This world is dark and increasingly getting darker. And we need more people to stand and let their light be shown. And the way that we do it is we have to empty ourselves of our own desires of our own fleshly wants of our own living for the temporal remember the weight what's eternal what's temporal i would encourage us to allow jesus to keep doing the great work so if you're in the middle of pain right now i would just say let him do a beautiful work why does it say consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds? Because it produces something good in your life. So don't run away from your pain. Instead, say, here I am, God. Shape me and mold me. Use this difficulty to do something spectacular in my life. As we close today, I want us to Consider where we're at in life. How much are you living for today versus living for eternity? How much are you allowing your fleshly desires to run your day, to submitting to God's will in your life and allow him run your day? Jesus said, not my will, but Lord, your will be done. Are you at that place where you can say, not my will, God, but your will be done in my life? And what you're saying is, I'm choosing to lay my life on the potter's wheel. When we say that. And it can feel a little scary. <laughs> What's he going to do with my life? Can I tell you what? He's going to do something beautiful with your life. He's going to shape you and form you into this incredible vessel that's going to attain these incredible things. So, so you're just going to go from pain to purpose. It's going to go from, from this, oh my word, I feel like the weight of life is crushing me. And then we're saying, guess what? No, it's actually elevating me. If we posture ourselves in the right place. 
tell you where the posture is. I'll tell you where the placement is. It's on the potter's wheel. Don't be afraid of the potter's wheel. And Isaiah, I want to remind you that he is our father and he's a good father. He's so good. He's gentle. He's loving. He's kind. He's patient. He's slow to anger, which means he does have anger, <laughs> but he's slow. And he loves you. And he designed you for a purpose. But the world has a way of consuming us in such a way that we get frantic in pursuit of temporal things and we lose the vision that God has for our lives which will last for all eternity. Oh Lord, you are our Father and we are the clay. You are our potter. We are all the work of your hands. Allow yourself to stay on the potter's wheel. Allow the pain and the trials of life to burn out the impurities. Allow the sifting to take place so little by little he can take out those little things that get in the way of his molding and shaping. Father, we thank you for your love, for your encouragement. God, thank you for the reminder that difficulties in life is not all that bad. So many of, of the time, Lord, I remember me saying these things, God, I never want to do that again, but I'm so glad you did that in my life. And it could have only happened through that place of pain. God, give us the courage to stay on the potter's wheel. Here I am, Lord. Shape me, mold me to your image, to your likeness, for your purpose that this world, this dark world, would get to know who you are. While your eyes are still closed for a moment, I just want to speak to anybody that the Lord may brought here today and said, hey, you know what? You're talking about this father. I don't, I don't know him. He becomes your father when you accept Jesus Christ into your life. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He took care of our sin. And so we can have this right relationship to a holy, loving God. He also rose from the grave. And he calls us into this place of repentance, which is turning from our ways, accepting what Jesus has done on the cross, believing him, and then turning from our ways. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life, or you've kind of fallen away and you want to recommit your life to Jesus, if that's you, just slip up your hand. To slip up your hand right now. I just want to pray for you right where you're sitting. I'm not going to ask anything of you, just acknowledgement. Anybody, rededicate your life to Jesus or give your life to Jesus for the first time this morning. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for stirring in our hearts. Help us stay on the potter's wheel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.